Um, if there's a scale of one to ten, we don't talk about Fight Club. We don't talk. First rule is you don't talk about Fight Club. Sorry, couldn't help it. <laughs> like every pop culture reference I make now, I am so aware of of how old I am <laughs> and how out of pocket I am. So a couple weeks ago, um, I used the phrase YOLO. You in service, Y O L O. You only live once. once. Okay, and um, and 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 it fit what I was trying to say, and it fit where I was going, and and our worship pastor Matt, like, and he was loving, like, and I told him he was like, he was like, I shouldn't have said anything. And I was like, no, of course you should. Mm-hmm. Like he, he was like, hey man, like, you're old. That's that's that reference is ten years. Have old. Have we figured out what they say now though? Uh, Ross told me that they say something like "get that bread" or or uh, get that bread or uh, make like or, I don't know. Don't say make bread. <laughs> hey everybody, I'm Jeremy and I'm Jody, and you're listening to the Unremarkable Podcast. This is episode nine. Yes. And uh, how exciting! We're so sorry we took a week off last week. Things got busy. And we didn't get a chance to. And we want to go ahead and let you know that we are also going to take off next week because you're going to be on trip. I am. I'm going to the Big Apple. You're going to the Big Apple, but you have to tell them. You're going on the Big Apple with whom? I'm going with 7th and 8th graders. This sounds like uh, a weird purgatory kind of thing. <laughs> like The last time we took kids on a trip, though, I thought it was great to watch them experience, you know. That's exactly right. So you're going to go with 7th and 8th graders from your school. I am. And uh, and you're going to take them to New York City. That's and you're going right. to do a play yeah. in Ellis Island. Yeah, easy, Alicia. Cool. <laughs> Um, and uh, and so I'm going to stay here, and we're going to hang out. Uh, Abby and I are going to head to the um, to the Smoky Mountains at some point. Going to East Tennessee. That's right. T E double N E double S E. Remember that? I do remember that. What's that spell now? Tennessee. Oh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's so interesting. I love you so much. Okay. So um, today we get to talk about uh, really a, a kind of it, to me it's a fun topic. Um, and uh, it's going to kind of come across as self-help kind of almost um, wow. because the reason that this is fun is because you and I kind of have struggled with this in our marriage. Yes. And uh, it's something that I've incorporated into premarital counseling that yes. I do with couples when I get to do premarital counseling. That's right. And uh, Because we don't want you to struggle. That's right. And we've been married for 18 years. Mm-hmm. And um, and so we thought it would kind of be cool to talk about communication mm-hmm. with people. Yep. And how you and I communicate with each other and how married couples kind of communicate with each other. And, and, and here's why it's a big deal. It's a big deal because... Um, Although couples will fight about like the classic kind of things. We say in-laws and money and sex are the mm-hmm. things that couples are going to fight about. But at the end of the day, what it really boils down to when you get down to it is a breakdown a breakdown of communication. Right. Um, and this is something that's true across all kinds of differences. Um, it's true in the issue between races. Sometimes races um, have difficulty communication, communicating. We'll sell the, say, say the same thing, mm-hmm. but mean mm-hmm. something different. Um, it's in it, it, cult, different cultures in the, the homosexual and heterosexual debate that kind of rages sometimes. You see a difference in communication, a breakdown mm-hmm. of communication. And it's something that we see in those areas, but we've long since understood it to be something that occurs in 
in in in gender related kind of things. Absolutely. Men and women uh, oftentimes speak. And, different and, languages. And, yeah, we speak different <laughs> languages. Is, is that true? Right. Have you, has that been true in our marriage? Waffles and spaghetti. And one of the things that I think we have kind of come to the realization of, Jody, and you say this all the time. Actually, we both say it, but you were the one that originated the phrase. You said, I understand you're listening, but I don't think you hear me. Yes. What does that mean? Uh, listening means that you are taking in the information that they're saying, but you're not applying it and taking it personally. You're listening um, with the, in, but you already have in your mind your response. Hearing means you're taking in and you're taking to process the feelings, what is trying to be communicated, mm. and saying, okay, let me translate that and figure out how to react to that and respond to that and understand it. Yeah, so understanding is a big deal. Yeah. So you went even a, like it's so so funny like you even went a different direction than I would have thought you would have gone with that. So Jeff Foxworthy. The, the, you know, the redneck comedian or whatever, like he used to do a bit about this mm-hmm. and his bit would be like, he, what he said was I was sitting on the couch one night and my wife walks in to the living room and she says, we're out of toilet paper. <laughs> and you, said and he, he said, I thought in my mind, that's a problem. That's a warning, right? <laughs> like if I'm going to go to the bathroom, I need to heads up. I need to take an ulterior means yes. of taking care of business, right? <laughs> yes. I need to go steal some know. from the other bathroom. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. So I was, I was thinking like a guy. I was thinking like I need to grab the newspaper or whatever when I go oh, in there gosh. or something like that. But, but he was like, but that's not what my wife means. What my wife means is go get some. Go get some toilet paper. Okay. Heads up. I need your help. And I've struggled with this. Meet this need. 18 years of marriage, I've struggled with this because part of me just goes, if you want toilet paper, just say you want toilet paper. Yeah. And where that has hit kind of a frustration in our marriage, and by the way, I got nothing but girls in my house. So where that has hit a a frustration for me, like even the dogs are girls. Yeah. Where that has meant a frustration with me, Jody, is like I will ask a question and you guys will answer some other question. It, it's amazing to me. So, like, like mm, the other we don't day, think we are. I know. So, like the other day, I asked Emma. We have we keep Gatorade in our fridge out in yes. the out in the garage, and we were getting ready to go to pitching some lesson, practice, pitching lesson right. or practice or something like that. And I said to her, "Would you like a Gatorade?" And her response was, "I think I have some water in my water bottle." <laughs> to I understood that as no, I've got my drink covered. But that, but she didn't say she didn't say that. But I understand it. But I don't. <laughs> why? Like I'm just why? I, because she didn't answer my question. Like that's so incredibly frustrating. I know. But like it's a yes or no question. Okay. Yes, I would like a Gatorade. No, I don't you care. You've done that before too, though. Answer. I never do that. Nope. I'm sorry. Okay. I never do. <laughs> Okay. I'm the perfect communicator. I'm sure you are. <laughs> You're perfect. Oh, and so one of the things that we've kind of come to realization, and by the way, we had to go see we had to go see a therapist about this. Yes. Um, the first time that we probably ever, could go back about the same thing. Yeah, that's right. The first time we ever went to go see a counselor, um, it was Kevin Gailey. Uh, in in, um, in Fort Worth, Texas, and we went to Kevin, and and the like. What we presented him was something along the lines of this: 
hey, we love each other, but we don't know how to talk to each other. Nope. That was basically what we said. Both of us get in under each other's skin right. or irritate each other or, or push the wrong button. And, and the phrase we said a lot was, what I'm saying, she's not hearing. Mm-hmm. And and I could say, you know, you could say, I have water in my bottle, and, and I'm not hearing that. Like, that doesn't mean the same thing to me that it means to you. And what Kevin helped show us was that you're wired to communicate a certain way, and I'm wired to communicate mm-hmm. a certain way. And until we figure that out, um, man, we're always going to be kind of struggling to communicate with each other. Correct. Um, and so what, what we did is we kind of began to do some research into that. We found some great books. Um, there's a book called Love Talk by Les and Leslie Parrott. They are on um, a lot of podcasts if you want to hear them. I know that God Center Mom, um, or Don't Mom Alone is what she calls her podcast now. She has them on probably once every six months. Um, so, And they have other books out too, but they're, they're out speaking and trying to help with this particular um, it's just an uh, it's a vital part of relationships is learning how the other person communicates so that you're hearing them through what they're intending to translate. Yes, and you can find all of their books and information about them at lessandlesley.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're the the authors of the book Saving Your Marriage Before It Starts. Mm-hmm. And we also found some some resources out of North Point Ministries that talked about communication. That really helped us try to figure out our communication styles and and helped us realize that there's nothing wrong with our communication styles. They're just different, and we have to kind of understand them. And so what I thought it would be worthwhile doing in tonight's podcast is talking about three communication styles and how you and I are kind of like the polar opposite on those on these styles and other things. And what's cool about it is people that are listening, mm-hmm. whether you're in the ministry or not in the ministry, um, whether you're married or you're, or you're not married, like you can play along. Like you can try to figure out which style you are, which side of the style you fall on, because yes. there's each side has two kind of polar opposites of each other. Yes, uh, but there are some you, rules. You aren't both. No, there's some rules, the, 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 and, and we just to make sure that everybody is on the same page. The first rule is, um, if there's a scale of 1 to 10... We don't talk about Fight Club. We don't talk... First rule is we don't talk about Fight Club. Sorry, I couldn't help it. <laughs> the rules about communication are, um, there is no number five. Like, you can't say, I'm right in the middle. You have to declare uh, one yes, way or the other. yes. And uh, the rule for that is we're going, why are you laughing? Because I had another pop culture reference that's really old when you said there is no number five. Go ahead. Okay. You're going to tell us? Number five is alive. Johnny Five is alive. I don't even know that reference. Short Circuit? Emma Powell. I'm Jody. (laughs) Our Elvis is Emma. Wow. I'm so sorry. It's okay. Uh, You just referenced a movie about a robot from space. That came out when we were children. Yes. It even had a sequel, Short Circuit 2. <laughs> Which was terrible. It was okay. terrible. Sorry. All right. Uh, you can't be number five. And uh, what we're saying is what you are the majority of the time. Like, like Right. So there may be a particular issue where you, you flip-flop. You may have a moment, but where you flip flop, but where you are the majority of the time. Okay. And then the other rule is um, that you understand no communication tendency is better than the other. No. That's big. 
Like, just because somebody is, say, a maximizer, somebody's a minimizer, that doesn't mean one is better than the other. Correct. It just means they are. That's how okay? they process. Um, and, and so that means no nudging the person next to you, no, no like, Pointing messaging. Pointing finger and snickering. No messaging to your spouse, hey, you have to read this or listen to this right now. Like, none of that. No, okay? that won't go well. Um, that, so we got we got to lay the groundwork before we get started. Right. All right. So there's three communication tendencies we're going to talk about, and we're the exact opposite on all of these. I like it. Okay? It's, it's true. The first one we're going to talk about is what I've already mentioned. We're going to talk about maximizers and minimizers. Okay. I I will say on this one, and not like on the Let's five. describe them first before okay. we go into them. Okay. Maximizer is one who, um, if you forgot milk at the store, you are f- slamming the refrigerator and finding the keys and um, pulling out of the driveway. Peeling out of the driveway. Out of the driveway you've got to go back to the yeah. stupid store. Yeah. If you're a, a female, if you're a woman and you're a maximizer... Oftentimes, you're called a drama queen. And you probably cry. So you have to go back to Walmart. (laughs) There there may be some emotion. I mean, I would cry if I had to go back to Walmart. There may be some emotion attached to it. Rumor, we may be getting the store pickup. Dude, we're getting the store pickup at our Walmart in Union City. I I don't know what to do with that. They've painted the lines. It's It's coming. It's exciting. Dude, I'm fired up. Okay. So so a maximizer is somebody that everything's a big deal to. Yes. So there is nothing that's small... Yes. Most things we, we just kind of build up. Correct. And when you do this mm-hmm. to the nth degree, mm-hmm. we have another word for you, and it's called a catastrophizer. Yes. that's We added that later, though. That's people who like, I don't want to cut, um, like they're weeping and gnashing of teeth because right. so a catastrophe yeah they missed a deadline yeah. or something yeah a catastrophizer is somebody that it's not just a big deal but it's going to lead to the end of the earth yeah like you might have to sell your firstborn now right so like the direct tv commercials yeah do you remember those if you don't have direct tv Yes. Then you're going to miss out on this, and if you miss out on this, then you're going to miss out on this, and if you miss out on this, then... California falls off into the ocean. And then the next thing you know, like, you have a baby with a dog collar. Please don't have babies with dog collars. Get direct TV. Like, that's that's yes. kind of... That's that's what a maximizer is. Catastrophizer. A catastrophizer, but a maximizer to the nth degree is a catastrophizer. Yes. On the other hand, a minimizer. Everything is, meh. No big deal. No big deal. Yeah. Not, not a problem. You didn't get milk? That's okay. We'll just put water in the cereal. Eh. Okay. Oh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> I used to have a baseball coach that would tell us to do that. If we had, we used to play Sunday morning or Saturday morning baseball games, like mm-hmm. at nine a.m. Uh, eight, we had some at eight a.m. because mm-hmm. we played double headers on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And he would be like, "You need to get up and got to eat breakfast, but do not eat any milk." And he didn't want us because he didn't want us throwing up in center field. But he would he so he'd tell us put water or orange juice in your cereal. No. No, just eat it dry. It's ungodly. Just eat it out of a Ziploc bag. I dry. never did it. I okay. thought I thought it was That's dumb. just I, weird. I probably ate milk. So, uh, but a minimizer is like it's no big deal. Don't worry, be happy. Bobby McFerrin, yeah. pop culture reference from Which a long, long time crawls ago. Crawls all over maximizers. Yeah, that's right. That's right. A, a minimizer is somebody that's just like, dude, chill out. Not a big deal. Yeah. Okay. And both of them usually grate on the other one's nerve. That's exactly. That's exactly right. Yes. Um, so, what could be? Let's let's brainstorm. What could be the positive of having a maximizer that's a friend or being married to a maximizer? What's a positive? Because remember, no category is better or worse. Um, well, they make you recognize the value of things, and they make you so like. Missing someone's birthday, if someone maximizes that, and they make you recognize that 
okay, well, that matters to people. Sure. And so we can't just say like, oh, well, we'll just wait till next year when it comes around again. Yeah. You know, and things like, they, um, you know, you can't say everything that someone gets emotional about. It shouldn't be, emotions shouldn't be felt. In fact, I have a friend who is very unemotional and actually says that she envies um, people who can be more emotional because she okay. feels... Um, feels guilty that she's less. So the moved. maximizer, the maximizer, everything's a big deal. Yes, everything's a big. Deal. So what it means is, is that nothing ever sneaks up on you. You're a maximizer is never surprised by anything because they're always thinking about the worst possible scenario. Well, no, like like they get it. okay. I guess so. <laughs> I think even joyous things they're maximizing and making it enormous too, yeah. like. But in, in the world where we talk about drama queens, yeah, like uh, nothing ever sneaks up on you. We don't have to worry about about did the bill get paid because the maximizer is always aware that it's due. True. Does that make sense? True. Yeah. Now a minimizer. What would be the positive of a minimizer? It keeps uh, some some calmness, insanity. Lowers the drama, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Right. But the negative could be um, that they. They do have the power cut off. Yeah, well, but something does sneak up on you. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yes. So, like, all of a sudden, a big deal is a big deal, and you didn't realize it was kind of coming. Right, like is you that, didn't get your passport. Does that make sense? Turned in on time. Yeah, that's exactly right. And now it's two days before you have to leave, and you have to drive to New Orleans and get and your, your passport. your maximizer and, friend is flipping out. Yeah, your maximizer friend can't contain himself. So, <laughs> so like, what? tell, tell me, Jody, out of, out of maximizer, minimizer, the majority of the time, what do you think you are? Uh, I can... Uh, I guess I'm a minimizer more than anything. Really? Okay. Um, because when I look at how we both respond to things... Yeah, you can't compare it to me. You have to think about what you are yourself. I still think I am. Yeah. I mean, I mean there's, I, that's one of those ones that I don't think I'm 50-50 on, but I, feel, I still think I'm more calm. Okay. Okay. So apparently you disagree. No, but you would say then that I'm a maximizer. Absolutely. Absolutely. You don't even hesitate. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So it was interesting because that's something we flip-flopped on. Yeah. In our marriage. Yes. Early I'm on in sure. our marriage. There have been other times where I've... Where I was the minimizer and you were the maximizer. Sure. I mean, I was the one in the middle of the front yard trying to turn the water off. Yeah. Weeping. You were also pregnant and our house was flooding. Like, that's not necessarily a maximizer. I also called you off the golf course because I thought our kid was dying. Yeah, so so. the the story that I always tell about (laughs) maximizer, minimizer is that story. Yes. So I think we should tell it. Do you want to tell your side of it and I'll tell my side of it? So tell tell us what kind of happened. We had a... So firstborn took her to her first pool party, massive pool party in the backyard of one of our wonderful church families who allowed us to as a church whole come yeah, and hang out our whole their pool. church came to their house and because we were going to do some baptisms there and um and they and then we just made a big fellowship out of it as well we and had so, food out there and so i got in the pool with emma she was probably i was in the pool with emma she was probably um, six months old. No, so she's February. She was she was sitting up and she was moving around. She was crawling around. She, she wasn't was five walking or six yet. months. It, probably five or six she months was old. Young. And um, she got pegged in the head <laughs> with a water toy. So uh, well, I, I I remember it so vividly. Okay, you tell it. Sorry, no, I was no. telling it incorrectly. No, no, you're right. You're right. And we took her out of the 
pool. She cried. Of it was a Nerf football. And she got hit in the back of the head. And Nerf football filled with water. She mm-hmm. got hit in the back of the head. Mm-hmm. And then her head hit my chin. Okay. And so that... She's screaming, crying. Yeah. It scared her. And it was painful. And uh, and so we took her out. And she seemed to be okay. And um, we kept an eye on her. Just like you're supposed to. Just to make sure that we aren't concussing or anything like that. I mean, within 10 minutes, she was sitting up playing. She was... And then the next day... Well, on the way home, because I remember you had to go by that that crazy kind of compound where like the cult lived. Do you remember on the way home from? Yes. And and we were driving by there, and and you and I were talking about it. I mean, it's our firstborn child. We're a little concerned about this, and 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 I remember we decided we should go ahead and call the doctor and just just call the nurse and let's just let them know what happened. And we call the nurse, and the nurse says, "Look, if she's playing, she's probably fine, but you need to watch for." Um, vomiting. A, vomiting and irregular behavior. And so yes. if any of that kind of happens. And so we did. We washed her for the rest of the day. There was no problem. She slept fine that night. And the next and day, I got up and I went and played golf. With some friends at church. Some church for me. And, uh, and the, about 30 minutes after you left, she started vomiting. Like <laughs> How was she vomiting? <laughs> projectile vomiting. So... Um, and it just kept coming, and I was like, "Okay, this is not okay," because it it, it it wasn't connected to eat to eating. It wasn't connected to, um, you know, spit up. It was just like voluminous. <laughs> and let me tell you, our kids when they throw up, it's quality volume. So I, I their body weight. Like pause. I need to I need to tell you about this. You were talking about how much she was throwing up while 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 the maximizing and minimizing was going on, and we'd tell that story in just a minute, but. I was like, surely it can't be that much. She's a little kid. And when I got home and I picked up, you had just you had stripped her pajamas off of her, her little onesie or whatever that was off of her, and it was still laying on the floor by her swing. Mm-hmm. And I picked it up, and it was soaking wet. Like, it, like I could have wrung it out. And we're talking, it was, the swing was, full it was two it was hours wet. after all this had happened. It, it, she threw up so much. Yes. And okay. so I proceeded to try to call you, and you wouldn't answer your cell phone. And so then I tried to call one of the other friends, and they didn't answer. And so I called a wife of another friend that was with you and said, I'm taking Emma to the ER. I don't know what's going on. I can't get a hold of Jeremy. So I called. She gave me her husband's number. And this is, I've probably been trying to reach you for 45 minutes. And, and, uh, this is funny now. It was not funny at the, minute, at the no. moment. No. And I got a hold of that particular husband who decided it was okay to answer his phone when a wife called. Uh, and uh, like, By the way, we're 13 years later, uh, and you're still a little bitter about it. Well, it was you were in the wrong. So, <laughs> And so I got a hold of him, and I said, I need to talk to Jeremy, and he handed you the phone. And I said, Emma is throwing up. I'm on my way to the EOR. And you said to me, because apparently <laughs> it was it. not important enough to get off the golf course no, 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 with no, no, me, no. because your child, your oh. firstborn, your only child is vomiting, and I'm on the way to the ER. How much was she throwing up? No, no, no. And I said, I don't think you understand. (laughs) Okay. The one thing we agree on on this story is I don't think you understand that phrase. (laughs) Okay. So Emma's throwing up, and I agree. You were trying to call me, and you were trying to get it. And I had taken my cell phone, and it was on silent. And it it was, and it was in my golf bag. Husband's. And, Don't do that. And I'm with I'm with my friend Steve Tigner. We've already talked about him in the 
Unremarkable Fever. And um, oh, yeah. and we talk about Steve, and I'm with Steve and a couple other people, and we're at a place we call the Redneck Golf Course. Yes. And the reason we call it that is because the first time I went to this golf course, I saw somebody playing golf in blue jeans and cowboy boots. <laughs> Not making that up. That's legit. Okay. So we're there, and we're playing, and we've made it through the front nine. And uh, and and we're making the turn, and Steve gets a phone call. And the way I remember it, and I don't, I'm not trying to say you're wrong. I'm just trying to say whatever, like, one of, one of these two stories mm-hmm. is right. It Communication was, right here. Steve was talking to his wife. His wife called him. Mm-hmm. He answered. And he went, okay. Mm-hmm. And he hung up the phone. And we're getting ready to tee off on number 10. Mm-hmm. So glad you remember that. I remember that's, that's it the most important so thing. clearly. And Steve looks at me and he says, you need to call your wife. Jody's been trying to get in touch with you. And that's exactly, that's all he gives me. Mm-hmm. Not Emma's throwing up, not she's on the way to the ER. And so I answer, like I call you <laughs> and you light into me, rightfully so. I shouldn't have my phone on vibrate. I, I get it. And, and no, time out. You didn't just have it on vibrate. It was in your bag. How right. in the world would you have felt it if, if I had tried to call I you? It was not like it was in your pocket it on vibrate. It wasn't intentionally on vibrate anyway. Husbands, take notes. Uh, listen, I have, I've changed my ways. I don't do that anymore. Mm. Okay. <laughs> um, this is way pre-iPhone. This is pre-iWatch. Like, you know, yeah, it was probably a flip phone. It, it, anyway. So um, so I call you, and you, you are... You are hysterical. You're upset. Yes. And you say to me, Emma is throwing up. And, and so I'm trying to get all the details. <laughs> I, you, as, a, as a person of, this is a different communication thing, I feel like what I have said should be grounds enough to pack up your clubs and start making your way to the car because I am A, on my way to the ER. Right. And our kid is throwing up. Right. Now, no other questions need to be answered. And what, that's where my, that's how we're different. Right. What you couldn't see was me on the way to the car. Right. Like I was on my way to the car. He's like, I'm on my way to the ER. Emma's throwing up. Now, here's what I need to know. <laughs> like, and I'm serious. Steve is driving me to my car. We're in the golf carts. We're going to the car. And I'm on the phone with you. And I ask, how much is she throwing up? And you're like, Screaming at me on the line, I pull the phone away from my ear. Steve can hear every word you're saying because it's so loud. And and then I then I'm trying to process like, do I need to drive the speed limit to the emergency room, or do I need to put on my flashers and break every law? Yeah, that's all I need to know. And so the question I asked that sent you off that that made you ask. I don't. I don't think you understand. Is I said, what did she throw up? Because we're twelve hours. That remo- didn't matter to me. We're we're probably eighteen hours removed from her getting hit in the head. Mm, okay. Okay. I mean, fi- it was light when she got hit in the head. It was five or six o'clock at night. It's now noon. The next day. Okay. Okay. I don't think you understand it. And I'm like, she said, you need to leave the golf course right now. And I said to you, baby, I'm, I'm, I'm getting in the car right now. Like, I'm on my way. I'm just trying to figure out if I need to if I need to break all the laws to get there or not, right? And it was a difference that I always thought in maximizer and minimizer. And in my mind, the idea that I had made the choice to go to the ER should be grounds enough. Grounds enough. And, and you know what? Maybe you're right. Maybe you're not. It's it's inconsequential. Oh. The idea is that 
one, you know, we tend to see that yes. when you have a couple that have one that's a maximizer and one that's a minimizer. Yes. There's 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 this tension that exists. I will own that maximizing moment because for because sure. some want to make a big deal out of it, yes. and some want to minimize it. Yes. Now that having been said, what is the worst thing that I can say to you when you're maximizing? Um, what is it you always say? Um, well, it doesn't matter. The worst thing that that I say to you, or that a maximizer can say, or minimizer can say to a maximizer is not that's that not a big deal. That's not that big a deal, right? Or you're just blowing this out of proportion, yes. or you're just a drama queen, or whatever it is, right? Because yeah. that feeds that uh-huh. insecurity, calm down. doesn't it? Oh my goodness gracious! I don't want to mm-hmm. calm down. I want you to be mm-hmm. as upset as I. You am. Know, we have had an incident recently where I responded differently than you, and you wanted me to. Yeah, you wanted me to storm the gates of hell with a water yeah. pistol. Yeah, and I felt like it was not appropriate timing. And and what's interesting is that these communication tendencies can change. I think you're probably right. I'm a lot more of a maximizer now than I used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and and we see that when the reaction doesn't match what you expect it to be, right? It can it can cause some tension in your marriage. Mm-hmm. And and so you know we we have to learn. Remember, maximizing and minimizing neither one is better than the other. No, they're just different. Mm-hmm. And so we have to figure out what it means to kind of, how, how that kind of means. And you have to figure out, like, when my wife is maximizing, one of the things that I tell people all the time is when your husband or your wife is maximizing, that's not the time to tell them to calm down. No. Let them, let them wander around. A there, that's it. And get it all out. Let them go. Right? Yep. Let them go. Yep. Because there will be a time where logic and reason and the truth matters again. Yes. But it's not in that moment. Just make sure, you know, just keep near them so they don't, like, jump off a cliff. That's all you got to do when they're maximizing. That's exactly keep right. Keep them safe. Take That's all the exactly sharp objects right. away. And and if you're always the minimizer, your maximizing spouse needs to have permission to look at you and go, hey, this is a big deal. Yeah. Because your natural tendency is to downplay it. Right. Yeah. No, I need you to have some kind of feeling. Yeah. So I wonder which you guys think you are. If you're a maximizer or a minimizer or where you kind of land with regard to that. Jody and I flip-flop a little bit back and forth. Mm-hmm. I think I tend to maximize now more than I used to. Um, and you probably tend to minimize now more than you used to. Probably. Um, the second the second communication tendency, I know we haven't swapped on. No. And that is uh, how we deal with conflict. Yes. And that is you are either a satisfier. Yes. Or a resistor. Now, one would say I was different before marriage, but I've become oh. very similar, very much one post-marriage. Because mm. I was uh, heavy into debating in high school and and very much a seeker of justice. and, mm. and uh, Now, before we say what we are, as mm-hmm. if people can't already say it, let's, let's describe the tendencies. Okay. So what is, what is a satisfier? How would you describe a satisfier? Um... It's a nine on the Enneagram, but it's... it's, Nine on the Enneagram is a peacekeeper. Yes. They're going to do what they can to keep the other person happy and to keep conflict at bay. To maintain peace. That's their goal, right? We're going to do... So we're going to acquiesce. We're going to give in. We're going to say whatever it is you want. Yes. Anything but Neglect their own desires just to kind of keep things happy. Yeah. So the positive, obviously, to being in a relationship or having a friendship or being married to a satisfier is... They're always seeking peace. There's no drama. Right. Right? It's like being married to, you know, to stinking Jimmy Buffett. Like, it's like... <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good day. Yeah. Chill out, man. It's all okay. Yeah. Like, whatever it is that I have to do, right? right. Um, what's the negative? Um, they eventually snap. 
they do eventually snap. Um, so a satisfier will eventually blow up. Because they eventually have a desire to have a need met or to be recognized as yeah. someone who matters. Yeah. So for those of you that are on the Enneagram and you're in the gut triad or the anger triad, that's the eight, nine, and one. Mm-hmm. Um, what happens to nines and ones a lot of times is that they suppress the anger. And, and ones at least are aware the anger is there. And that anger eventually becomes resentment. Mm-hmm. Nines aren't even aware the anger is there. And what happens is eventually they explode on somebody. Right. Because they've suppressed it, they've and, suppressed it, they've suppressed and it. And usually it's someone very close to them. That's right. And so it's yeah. it's that moment of, uh, you know, of uh, the print, you know, what's the, the, the father of the bride, you know, where George Banks is ripping apart, you know, hot dog buns in the aisle, right? Because yes. some guy at the weenie company got with somebody at the bun company. And, and made he, them not match. That's right. So he has to remove the superfluous buns, is, I think <laughs> is, what it, is the wording that he uses, right? The satisfier of Eventually explodes. Now, yes. the, the, what would be a positive end of being married or being in a relationship with or having a friendship with a resistor? Hmm. Um, well, they're going to not let time lapse to cause the explosion. They want to deal with the conflict and the issue as it arises. Yeah. So a resistor is somebody that um, is totally okay with conflict. Yes. They pursue it. They pers- well, they pursue it. They say that, you know, conflict is necessary to move forward in right. life. Right. For planning, um, for organizing, yeah. for, yeah. Um, you know, just overall structure. We've got to have healthy debate, right? Right. And so the positive to being married to a resistor is, you know, we are going to move forward. Like, right. we're going to reach a resolution. An but, understanding and a yeah. common ground. A compromise. Yeah, a compromise. But the negative of being married to a, a, a resistor. Uh, they chase you down, making you um, <laughs> making you have the conflict. Yeah. So one of the if if a if a maximizer as a woman can be called a drama queen, a, a resistor is often called the devil's advocate. Yes. They love the question why or what if or what if. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they yeah, always yeah. seem to kind of be in your face. Yes. Like kind of pursuing, yes. and so that's the, the the positive is that hey we always move forward. The negative is that when you're married to the devil's advocate, sometimes it can just feel like you're married to the devil. Yes, yes. <laughs> right. Amen. Yeah, uh, and so uh, and so, where do you think you fall on this? Category? I'm a satisfier. You're a satisfier, and I am a, a resistor. resistor. Yeah, with a I, capital R. I love the question why. Uh, you do, and it's not just that you're a scientist. You love it in any circle. Yeah, I want to know why. I, mm-hmm. I want to get to the answer. Mm-hmm. And you are not satisfied until you have it. That's that's exactly right. That's exactly yeah. right. Um, so um, how have we kind of kind of wrestled with that and dealt with that? Um, <laughs> well, sometimes I will just uh, acquiesce just to kind of make it. Um, you just give in. Yes, I give in because I'm, I'm tired of the... Yeah. The battle. And but eventually, where does that lead? I snap. And you snap. Eventually, you're like, why don't we ever think about me? Yes. I'll tell you something that I thought was so interesting. Um, we had a counselor that we went and saw in Alabama, mm-hmm. and uh, and he actually said to you, um, or it was it happened in a conversation. You and I were having a conversation, and he was listening. And I asked the question, why, at one point. And he said, I don't know if you even remember this. He said, Jody, you recoiled when he said, why? Why does that bother you? And you said, uh, it makes me feel um, less than. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel, I think yeah. your wording was, it makes me feel dumb. Mm-hmm. Inferior. Inferior. 
And he looked, and, and, and I recoiled at that because that's the last thing I want to communicate to you, right? You were hearing something that I wasn't trying to communicate. And, and he said, that's not what you mean. You don't think she's dumb, do you? And I went, of course I don't think she's inferior or dumb. But someone asking why consistently um, there are those of us who don't want to have to have a why. We want to matter or have yeah. the opinion we have just because yeah. we're yeah. who we are. And so the best tool that he gave us that I thought was so helpful is he said to me, can you figure out a way to ask why but not use the word why? Yeah, it's like a button. Yeah, like ask a different question. Get you can get to the same answer, just ask in a different way. And and I remember thinking like that's genius. <laughs> like that's genius because there was something about that word that just kind of set you off. Yes. Because immediately you felt that tension, you felt that resistance. Mhm. Yeah. Um can you think of can you think of an example of a time where this has been a conflict for us? Can you think of a time not today? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, gosh. Um, I can't off the top of my head. I mean... I feel like this happens a lot in our sure. marriage. Um, I'm a dreamer, too, and we're, that's not a that's not a processing. Um, I And Jeremy is, is not. That's not how he's wired. Um, and so sometimes I just want to be able to have you know, dreams and aspirations and he wants to know why I want the things yeah. I do. And I just, and so maybe that's one way, um, yeah. that our house is just fine, but I still look at houses all the time and he wants to know why. And cause I dream of a house that has, yeah. you know, brick or I dream of a house that has a front porch or, you know, and right. I don't want to have to say why just let me be me. Yeah. And so I think if you're in a relationship, you're married, and you have a satisfier and a resistor that are there together. Like I think you just have to realize that that's how they're wired. Yep. And that's not good. It's not bad. It just is. It just is. Yeah. And so maybe there's some tools that you can figure out, like a different way to ask the same question, or definitely find out what <laughs> there are words that you say that push buttons, both uh, out, both in, both satisfiers and resistors. You just being in a relationship with somebody, you, you know, your parents. Probably your mom would say the same catchphrase over and over again, and you would be like, grr. And so there's things that you just yeah. need to know what those buttons are. Even if you don't tell that person, like, I don't think you need to tell your mom to say, don't call me sugar dumpling. Like, you would crush your mom. But just recognize, oh, there it is. She said it again. And start thinking about your happy place so that you don't lash out at them. Do you know somebody? I'd love for you to call me sugar dumpling. You don't like nicknames. I don't like double nicknames. I don't like if you call Jer, me. Jer, Jer. Oh, please. <laughs> makes my skin crawl. Oh. Okay. And you just said it on our podcast, which means people are going to now call yeah, me that. They are. Awesome. <laughs> the third. Jeremy. You want to do that one? Shh. We'll talk about that another day, too. Jeremy. Y'all, I almost cussed. Just <laughs> um. So the third communication tendency uh, may be where we are the most opposite. And this one may have caused the most tension in our marriage. This has never changed about either one of us. But this this may... Would you argue this may be the thing that has yeah. raised the most 
tension um, yes. in our marriage. Yes. And this has to do with how we process information. Yes. I'm an insider. Insiders process things inside, meaning my brain is doing lots of work before anything comes out of my mouth. That's right. That's important. That I want to be sure that what I say matters and what I say is thought through. Mm-hmm. Um, the other side, if you're not an insider, you're an outsider. And what that means is that you process information outside of your body. Which so all that thinking you're doing is happening out loud. It happens out loud. And and so uh, what that means is if words matter to insiders, yes, words don't matter to outsiders. And that is really, really hard <laughs> to differentiate. Like, what's funny, y'all, y'all couldn't see her. When I said words don't matter to outsiders, she, you cringed just a little bit. <laughs> I don't understand how they can't matter. We've been married, we've been married for 18 years. So so think about it in terms Sticks of... Sticks and stones, break your bones, and no, words and, hurt. And that's, and that's the reality of, of this. That's that's the reality. That's the negative of, of being an, an outside processor. And there's positives. We'll talk about those in just a minute. But, but there's a couple different ways that we've been taught to think about it that I'll bring up, and I'd love to get your take on it. The first one is to think about it in terms of putting together a puzzle. Yes. So if you're processing information, you have all these pieces of a puzzle, and an insider like you puts all those pieces together inside of their brain, and then they present the final product, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. People that are outside processors like me, we put the puzzle together outside of our brain. Right. And and eventually, you get the completed puzzle. Right. But there's all the oops and, but, oh, no, not really. Oh, wait, but no. And all, that's all going on too. That all happens outside. The other way that, that we had it put to us was in terms of chaos. Yes. They used the phrase chaos, and they said the chaos of putting together the puzzle or the chaos of putting together all the pieces of information you're trying to process happens either inside of your brain quietly or outside of your mouth loudly. Mm-hmm. And, and what that means... To insiders, like you just said, words matter so much to you. Absolutely. Yes. What that means to outsiders is that words don't matter. So what I say a lot of times is this. I will land the plane eventually. Right. Though I may nearly wreck it a couple of times before I get there. No, and I'm going to circle and circle and circle before I even start. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So what that looks like when we have new information to process, is it looks like you, sh- to me, it looks like you shut down. Correct. Even though you're not shutting down, you're just trying to process it. Yep. And I can't process, this has been hard for you, I think. <laughs> yes. I cannot process it until, until I'm able to speak it out loud to somebody. It would be great if someone would be willing to step in and let him be able to process to you out loud because when he processes to me out loud I take it personally because words matter to you they do but I I can contradict myself in two two opposite sentences when in two two back-to-back sentences when I'm trying to process yes and and I can say things that I don't mean I love spinach but it's disgusting kind of stuff like that right and I can say things that I don't mean Mm mm-hmm um, and 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 you have a hard time as an inside processor recognizing he doesn't mean that oh, yes. he's just processing it. Yes. Yeah. And so what happens a lot of times, and 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 I say this to couples when I talk to them, what happens a lot of times is I will say so much uh-huh. that I have no idea what it is that I've said that's shut you down. 
And so you recognize when though. I recognize when you're shut down. No, absolutely. But what that leads to So in my inside processor, I think, why don't you backtrack what you just said two or three phrases ago? But yeah. So what I have spent a large portion of our eighteen years of marriage doing <laughs> is following you around the house saying something along the lines of, So what's wrong? So what's wrong? So what's wrong? Hey, look, we got to talk. You got to tell me what's wrong. I can't fix it if you don't tell me what's wrong. We don't have anything if we don't communicate. If we don't talk, tell me what's wrong. And, and I want to throat punch him. And you want to throat punch me. <laughs> and you want to just be like, just leave me alone. Why? Because I've got to process process, and put the pieces together before I say something. Correct. Because if I don't, this is and this is just inside processor Jody. I'm not saying all inside processors are this way. But if, if I don't. If I'm not allowed the time to process it inside, I will say something I regret. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Um, and so we were given a tool that that was really helpful for us, and I think it's worthwhile to, to give it to other folks as well because I'm an outside processor, mm-hmm. and you're an inside processor. Mm-hmm. So you've had to configure that, and that tool was the timeout. Yes. Tell, tell, tell us what the timeout means. <laughs> I have the ability, or both of us, but I use it more than he does, to say, okay, I'm going to have to have a timeout. And that means he has to let me step away from the discussion um, so that I can go and process because I am at a loss of how to properly communicate anymore effectively because I'm not communicating my feelings, my thoughts clearly, but I have to come back to the conversation at some point before the day is over. That's right. And so that's our rule. That, that The rule that we set in place is you're allowed to call a timeout. Mm-hmm. And because I'm an immature brat, you have to use the phrase timeout. Yes. Because if you say, leave me alone, if you say, I need some time, if you say, hey, go away, like that doesn't compute in my brain. No, it just makes you angry. It makes. Me, but if you say, I need a timeout, like that also makes me angry, but I know I have to go away. Yeah. Okay. And then in, ter- in turn, that's what I give. I give a little bit of there. And then you give the timeout has to be hours, not days. Right. Hours, not days. Because you could take days and be fine. Because the negative, <laughs> and, and here's here's the negatives and positives. The negatives of being in relationship with an inside processor <laughs> is sometimes they feel like they communicate more than they have. Yes. Because you put all the pieces together and then you give it to me and I have no idea how you got there. And so I need you to over-communicate that. And we've talked about that, and that's been a struggle, right? Yes, and I loathe that, but I'm working on it. Yeah, the positive of being married or being in a relationship with an inside processor is words really matter. When you say something, you've thought about it. Yes. Okay? And the negative to being married to an outside processor is sometimes I'll say things that I don't mean, and sometimes I'll even say things that are hurtful that I don't mean. Yes. But the positive is you never have to guess what I'm thinking. No, very rarely. It's all out in the open. Yep, pretty right. much. So you can call a timeout, and I have to go away. That timeout has to be hours, not days, because I can't process it until we talk. Correct. Like, so I can go away. I can go to the garage, or I can go to the drive. It's hard for me, too, because as an inside processor, I go, why don't you go away and think about things you've said? Yeah, but I, I have. it has to come out of my mouth, or it's not real. <laughs> and I know that's so far to you. Like, you're even chuckling, like, that's so dumb. Go talk but, to the dog. Right, but that's it. And, and one of the things we found about an outside processor is, <laughs> and this is so silly, like, you just kind of have to be in the room. I know. You don't even have to say anything. Like, you just got to have to be there and pretend like you're listening. And, and it's fine. Yeah. 
Um, it's not fine. But, I can't just pretend. But we, but we've learned. We, we've had to learn the timeout and and kind of thing is. And what I've learned too is when I come back after the timeout, I used to think the timeout was just for you. But when I come back after the timeout and I say, "Can we talk now?" and you say yes, and I feel myself then start to get ramped up again and start to think, you know, like, I, I feel like I'm starting to say things that are going to hurt you that I don't mean. Like I need to walk away again. Like, I, I need to take that time out because I don't want to say things that hurt you. That's the last thing in the world that I want to do. I appreciate that. Well, <laughs> I know you don't even necessarily believe it. So uh, one of the things that we've learned is this. when it comes, If we're going to use the term chaos, the chaos occurs in your brain. The yes. chaos occurs outside of me. Like, the best uh, advice we could give people is stay out of each other's chaos. Yes. Let you process in your brain. and Because when I try to get in your brain before you've processed, you say things that are hurtful. Yes. And you stay out of my chaos because when you try to make sense of my chaos, I say things that are hurtful. Yes. And so it's best that we just allow each other that and we take the timeouts as we need them so that we don't say things that are hurtful. It's true. I think that's... Well, and that's the goal. You know, trying to be <laughs> radically committed to the advancement and the well-being of the other. So... Remove, yeah. remove your ability to be mindful of what can cause harm. I, I just, you know, I think about when it comes to communication, the verse that I memorized that I love, Proverbs twelve eighteen, reckless words pierce like a sword, mm-hmm. but the words of the wise bring healing. Yes. Recognize that my words can cause a wound in you that is instantaneous, is deep, is painful, and can take years to heal. Yes. Um, and so I want to make sure I don't speak those words. And so that means as an outside processor, as a maximizer, like I have to be so incredibly intentional about that. Yeah, it's true. Now, here's the question I want to ask you. Do you feel like after 18 years, we're better now than we were in 2001? I think um, we're better at understanding each other, um, I think, because as we were babies then and had no idea um, our patterns and our ways of understanding, so there are our ways of communicating. So I think that's better. I think um, it doesn't change the fact that I still am satisfying to the point where I explode. It's like that. I think that's probably still unhealthy. Um, but, um, and I think, I think that goes along with the inside processor. You rarely find a satisfier that's not an inside processor. Really? Yeah, because they're, they're thinking through, okay, what can I do to minimize the chaos that's mm. happening in my home? Mm. So. Yeah. I think the biggest frustration recently for me has been the fact that, like, the very thing I don't want to do, I feel like Paul sometimes, the very thing I don't want to do is the very thing that I do. Like, I don't want to hurt you. And yet I find myself, when I get out of control in my communication tendencies, doing things that hurt you. And, um, like, it frustrates me to no end. Like, I get so frustrated and so, you know, angry even really at myself. And I think maybe we'll talk about Enneagram later. Like, that's, that's yeah, a part finish. of being in the Enneagram one. Like I'm an, I'm a one, you're a two. Like, like I have this inner critic, and and I know what I'm doing wrong, and it frustrates me because I I don't want to hurt you with my words. And I think in probably a lot of marriages, 
um, at least marriages where they're really they really love each other. Like you don't want to hurt the other one with your communication. No, no, it's not like so you set out to do it. Absolutely not. Um, it comes from a lack of understanding of how you communicate and how they communicate and the best practices for kind of helping with regard to that. Right. No, absolutely. I think I think we're better in understanding it. It's just, you know, there's some weaknesses I still yeah. have that yeah. maybe when I'm 65, I'll get it now. So. <laughs> well, if you could give a word of advice to couples or to pastors or to just the people that are listening like about communication, what would you say? Um, well, I think the first thing you must acknowledge, um, and this is, again, I'm telling you because it's a weakness of mine, is recognize that the other person loves you mm. and doesn't want to hurt you. Yeah. And so if you can at least look at their behavior through those goggles instead of a how dare you or why would you do that or um, – don't you understand how harmful you are? That's a that's the first thing that must be done is yeah. looking at your person with the goggles of understanding of they're emotionally distraught, they are maximizing, they are resisting, they are whatever, and and understand that something has pushed a button that's caused them to be escalated in their emotion. Yeah. Can I just say I think after eighteen years of marriage, you're a lot better at that now than you were. <laughs> well, good, because I sometimes feel like I struggle. <laughs> well, I'm not trying to say that you and I both don't struggle. Um, we do. Uh, we're human. Sure. But I think about even a conflict we had, you know, last week, um, where you were so generous with me with your grace. Mm. And you were so generous with me with recognizing, hey, I, I understand there were other emotions at play. I understand that you were um, escalated. I understand that you probably said some things you didn't mean. And you were so generous with me with your grace. And I, I thought about that, and I thought, oh, man, I can think about over 18 years of our marriage where you wouldn't have been that generous. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, And I'm just thankful for that. I'm thankful for that growth in you and trying to kind of grow along with you. Um, I think that uh, one of the things that I would say is um, just because you communicate a certain way doesn't mean that it's the only way. Correct. And it doesn't mean that it's the right way. Correct. And so um, be patient with each other, be loving with each other, and show as much grace to each other as you can. When there's a gap between what is expected and what's experienced, you have a decision to fill that gap with trust. Right. And I think it's making a decision to go, I'm going to fill that gap with trust every single time. Hey, Jer. Yeah. What do you feel is remarkable right now? So, I, I, we, every week we do like a what and a who. And my what this week is um, is Discovery Park of America. <gasps> Why? DPA is one of those places. It's in Union City, Tennessee, where we are. Yes. And it doesn't feel like it belongs in Union City. Oh, but thank you, Mr. Kirkland. Yeah, and so um, uh, we are so blessed at Crosswind Church, where I'm the pastor. We're so blessed to partner with them every year. Uh, We've done this for the last two years. This will be our third year, if I'm not mistaken, to partner with them um, in their annual egg hunt. That's right. And uh, so we get to be a sponsor of that, and we get to go and hang out. And uh, last year, we uh, had 
Uh, this is why I think they're remarkable. Last year, we had 10,000 eggs that we distributed and children came in and got. Yay! And it wasn't enough. That's amazing. Like, that, like there were kids that didn't get eggs. Like, in the this egg hunt. egg hunt is kind of a big deal because we um, we partner with them and, and, and we... There aren't that many in other areas in town. And so we've actually had people at the egg hunt from like two counties away. From states away. We've had folks from Missouri, folks from Arkansas, Kentucky, Tennessee, all that show up at this egg hunt. And we get to be there. Yes. And that's so cool. And so this year, Discovery Park has said 30,000 eggs. We've tripled the number of eggs that we are gonna gonna fill, and they are gonna be some happy kiddos. Holy cow! And so, Crosswind Church um, was responsible for filling fourteen thousand eggs for our egg hunt on April the twentieth. And and today at church, we made the announcement for the first time. We have fourteen thousand eggs and fourteen thousand pieces of candy um, in this room over here. We need you to go get them, and we gave away every egg today that's right because our people stepped up it's remarkable so thankful for discovery park uh and all that i'm so thankful for what they do in our community yes it's so needed uh in our community what's remarkable to you if you don't know people my birthday was last week it was it was march 20th known as the first day of spring that's right and every year on my birthday my mama would make me a chocolate cake with <laughs> peanut butter fudge icing. It was a slice of heaven. Yes. Now, my sweet husband has picked up that tradition, and I have eaten it straight out of the pan. It's so good. But you, I appreciate, I appreciate your... You can be all modest, but there are strangers who've come in our house and grabbed a fork and said, what is this joy? The reason that you eat it right out of the pan is because it looks... It looks like um, <laughs> it's the worst-looking cake ever. So, y'all, I made this cake from scratch. It's a chocolate cake. From scratch, I'm, not a box. Uh, okay. So, I made this cake, and um, and I, there were a couple things that went wrong. I didn't spray the pan, so it stuck to the pan. And then um, I didn't wait for it to cool before I iced it. It's still cake. It broke apart, and then I thought I'll use the peanut butter icing <laughs> to put it back together, and it was basically this mound of icing and cake. It is amazing. It, it does is taste good. Amazing. It, I'll admit it does taste. Grab good. Grab a fork, pull up. But I'm the- embarrassed. Nope, we got it out. We had some people eating it tonight. Even they're like, <gasps> we have crazy. yet to cut a piece of this cake. Um, well, JoJo did tonight, but he cut it with a spoon. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, okay. Thank you so much. That's Happy birthday. Thanks. Who is remarkable to you? The Kathy family. Ah, I listened love to the Kathy a family. podcast with the daughter of Truett Kathy, Trudy. And she shared about growing up as a part of the Kathy family. And I knew that Mr. Kathy was first debuted in a shopping mall, but I did not realize she explained today the reason why any kind of food court exists at all is thank you to Trick Kathy because he explained to the person in the mall, hey, your shoppers would stick around if they could eat lunch in-house and then continue shopping. He came up with the idea. He came up court. with that idea and they said, well, let's try it. That's amazing. Thank you, Truett Kathy. Not only for food courts, because that is every youth trip and choir trip's oh destination for eating. That's right. But 
thank you also for the most amazing chicken in the world. Gosh, it's so good. And because you guys love Jesus and rub Jesus all over everybody. That sounds gross. They, ru- they rub Jesus. Oh my gosh! Stop being <laughs> weird. No. So, um, let me tell you what I what I remember about Truett Kathy. Yeah. We went to Sanford University. Go dogs. Baptist University in Alabama, and 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 Mr. Kathy would come and he would speak at chapel from time to time. Yes. And when you left chapel, oh, when yes. Truett Kathy when Truett Kathy spoke at chapel, and you would leave chapel, there would be tables set up outside of the chapel filled with Chick Fil A goodness Number that one. he gave away. Yep. Just like come get a sandwich on me, cause I'm Truett Kathy and I love you. And we would be happy. Oh my gosh, oh. bowls, bowls of nuggets. Yep. Like when I read the book of Revelation and it talks about <laughs> how how God takes the the tears of the saints and he and he puts them in golden bowls in heaven. I think about chicken nuggets. Chick-fil-A chicken nuggets in bowls outside of the chapel at Sanford University. Oh my gosh. That's so good. Such love, good people. I love the Cathy's. They are good people. Okay. Um, who's your remarkable? My who is remarkable is Kirk Franklin. <gasps> Stone. Now there's a couple things that I want to say about this. First of all, we talked about Kirk Franklin today to a number of individuals who are younger than us, mm-hmm. and they didn't know who he was. Kirk, it's time for a new album. Kirk. I see you're touring because we saw you with our friends in Texas. Yeah, now he's done some stuff with like Chance the Rapper and stuff like that. Oh, he's, of course, yeah. gotten, he's of course gotten, unfortunately, some negative publicity for that. Which, but, but regardless, and- today, the reason that Kirk Franklin is remarkable to me is today... Kirk Franklin was in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex doing a concert or doing yes. a show. And um, he decided he was going to show up at our old church. Yes. Meadowridge Community Baptist Church. Yes. And he led them in worship this morning. How exciting would that be? Y'all, Kirk Franklin was in my old church singing Stomp. Um, people said. This morning. That's so exciting. That's so cool. And he looks like he stayed around and took pictures with everybody and was super cool about it. And um, and y'all, I would have totally, totally geeked out. Yeah, it. we would have. We would have been so. So that's excited. who my remarkable is right now. Those that's 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 our generation's. Um, I guess Lecrae would probably be what he would be. You might to, could you might could say that. Mm, yeah. Right now, there are music people all over that are going no. <laughs> anyway. That's it. Well, y'all, that's it for today. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for everybody that's listening. Uh, we are going to cross over 1,000 downloads with this podcast. Come on. Keep it going, people. Which, like, means nothing to, like, the big name folks. But, but like, it's to exciting us, to it's us. A, it's a big deal. Yeah. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for following. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. And uh, remember, we're going to take next week off because it's spring break. And then we will be back after uh, spring break to kind of continue the conversation. I think we want to talk with some of our pastor friends. Um, If you have a topic you'd love for us to talk about, please let us know. Um, You can reach out to us all over social media via email. If you want to reach me at email, it is jeremy at crosswindchurch.net or you can email Jody at jgap20 because it's the 20th (laughs) at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at J-G-A-P-O-W-E-L-L or I'm Powell Jeremy or you can find us on Facebook at jeremy.powell.1800 or jody.powell.5 That's it for episode 9. Thanks for tuning in to the Unremarkable Podcast. Bye guys. Thanks for listening.